What wakes you up in the morning? What keeps you up at night? What occupies your spare thoughts? What interrupts your thoughts when you're at work or school? What are some things that trigger really deep and intense emotions in your heart? I'm going to suggest to you that those are important areas of impact for your consideration. Welcome to the Journey to Impact podcast, where we show you how to turn your unique passion into a strategy to change the world. Today, we're talking about passion. What gets you fired up? This is one of the first things to consider when you're building your impact framework. It's time to get off the bench. Let's do this. Here's your host, Ed Gillentine. Hello, this is Ed Gillentine. Thank you for joining our fourth podcast in this series on the basics of impact, which is designed to go deeper into the ideas and principles in the book, Journey to Impact. And so far, we've talked about how your impact is unique to you, not your mom or your dad, not your professor in college, not your mentor. We talked about how you don't have to be Martin Luther King Jr. or Mother Teresa. You have to be you. We also talked about how impact is seemingly infinite in scope. And sometimes that can be a roadblock. But if we turn it around and use it as a discipline, it can be a strength as we work through this process of building your unique framework for impact. In the last session, we talked about how impact requires faith, not necessarily faith from a religious perspective, although that may be a part of it and maybe even a huge part of it, but faith that you're having an impact even when you can't see it. And now we're going to dive into the idea and the concept of building a framework for impact. I don't know who said this, but I wrote it down long ago and it stuck with me. Spectacular results are always the result of unspectacular preparation. Let me say that again. Spectacular results are always the result of unspectacular preparation. And alongside the working definition of impact that we've been developing, we also need to build a framework for impact. That is, we're going to need a lens through which we can view our impact. Our definition of impact is really broad, and it should be appropriate for everybody in the context of the impact conversation. But the framework through which you view your impact is unique to you. And as we narrow our focus to your particular area or areas of impact, this seemingly infinite scope of impact will be one of your greatest challenges to defining your unique impact focus. And if you're not careful, the breadth of opportunity will become paralyzing. We talked about that in session number two. So in my own mind, I found the idea of a flexible framework to be more helpful than a concept of a rigid plan when we're creating your unique description of impact. The reason is a framework seems to me to allow more flexibility in the details while still keeping you on track at a strategic level. I sort of envision the guardrails on an interstate we recently drove from Memphis over to North Carolina. It was 10 or 12 hours over there. And there are lots of twists and turns and there's construction and there's potholes and there are all of these things. And so I have a lot of focus on getting to North Carolina, but I have a lot of flexibility in what lane I'm in and when we get off to take breaks, right? So that's what comes to mind when I say framework. Think about the impact journey highway and it keeps you from driving off the road, right? Dropping off the mountain but it still gives you flexibility for all the variables. Now, as we start to dig in to developing your framework for impact, 
we're going to look at in detail at three specific areas. First, your passion, then your skills, and then your experiences. And then we're going to try to tie those together in sort of a, almost like a Venn chart, you know, with concentric circles and where the sweet spot is, and we'll get to incorporate a little Ted Williams baseball, which is one of my favorite sports into this process, we'll be able to get a pretty good idea of your impact sweet spot. But today let's focus on passion. And by passion, I simply mean what fires you up, what wakes you up in the morning, what keeps you up at night. What occupies your spare thoughts? What interrupts your thoughts when you're at work or school? What really interests you? What are some things that trigger really deep and intense emotions in your heart? Does injustice infuriate you? I know for me, that is certainly a trigger point. What about scientific breakthroughs? Does that get you really fired up? Or when you see a beautiful painting or a beautiful sculpture in a museum or someone's house, does that make your spirit soar? Well, if so, then I'm going to suggest to you that those are important areas of impact for your consideration. As you've probably picked up on in the previous podcast, injustice is deeply ingrained in my heart and mind. There are very few things that will fire me up more quickly than injustice. And it can be as simple as someone cutting in line at the local Chick-fil-A or the local Starbucks, right? Or it could be as serious and profound as young women in Mexico City being trafficked to the U.S. for the sex trade on Super Bowl weekend, right? Sex trafficking is mind-boggling to me because it is, I don't know, the apex of injustice, right? And I have no idea how it can flourish without customers, And yet here we are in the 21st century and it is flourishing as much as it ever has in history. And the fact that Super Bowl Sunday or these big cities in the United States or Europe or whatever are hubs of sex trafficking and the fact that it is my understanding talking with FBI agents and those officials that are responsible for eradicating it, It's very lucrative, which means it's probably not people in poverty that are the customers, right? I digress. So you can see that might be one way to figure out what it is that fires you up when somebody mentions a subject that gets you passionate or angry or excited. Just write that down, right? I've also found that my passions have grown into other areas over the years. So, for example, I was never really passionate about music as a child. I had to take, I believe, piano, and then my parents gave up on that when I was maybe around 9 or 10, and they got me a violin. But they required me to take music lessons until I was 12. And when I was 12, they said, you know, at that point, if you don't want to do it, you, you can stop. And so I promptly stopped at age 12 so that I could focus on um, basketball and baseball, the things that I really love. Um, but I took a, one of those required fine arts classes in college, which by the way, I almost flunked. It was supposed to be a, a easy course, but the professor was so passionate about it. He made it hard. And I remember standing, I had to write a paper about a, a painting. I remember standing in a museum here in Memphis, looking at a painting. I don't even remember the painting and trying to write about it. And I remember thinking, what in the world am I doing? But at any rate, after being forced to learn some of the nuances of the great works, I began to really enjoy it. Um, I also began to realize that music, even classical music, right, which I was not a fan of as a child, lifted my soul and spirit to places that I could never go without it. So even though I'm not a musician 
or an artist. I, and I can't really fully appreciate all the work and skill that goes into it. I do recognize how it can impact one's soul and spirit. And it's something that I want to be a part of spreading, right? Over the years, one of the subjects that has always surfaced whenever my wife Liz and I would talk was at-risk children. And of course, that's connected with injustice, which is a big deal to both of us. But it took us several years of talking to realize that that was one of our core passions. And now that core passion is one of our core focuses of impact. So as you think through your passions, don't limit yourself. And especially don't discount a passion or an area of interest because somebody else might think it's ridiculous. By the way, this is a good time to pull out the notes that you took in the first couple of podcasts that have lists of of things that you're interested in and that you've thought about. Um, I have a friend who loves bees. You talk to him for more than 30 seconds and bees are coming up. He calls it his hobby, right? His day job is an OBGYN, but he knows more about bees than many um, formerly trained apiarist, which is a fancy word for beekeeper, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right. He's the guy that gets the call for the bee emergencies in our part of the country, right? So if you have a swarm of bees in your house or a tree or whatever, they call him up and uh, he comes and, and rescues those bees. I mean, his face lights up when he talks about bees. You can't get him to shut up. So would it surprise you that not only is he having impact in the United States, which is having uh, some bee issues, but also in southern Ethiopia by helping build and maintain bee colonies that are critical to food sources in northeastern Africa? Most people don't realize how important bees are, right? But without pollinization, we're in trouble, right? So it doesn't really matter if somebody else thinks it's weird or they think it's funny or they think it's ridiculous. If it's something that you are passionate about, let's write it down. Let's think about it. Just to get you started, I'm going to throw out some of these following areas that you can think about. Issues or topics related to your career. All right, I'm in the finance industry and I love finance. I never would have thought I would have gone in finance even as late as my junior year in college. But as I began to get more drawn to it, it became more interesting to me. And then as I studied it more and in my first job, I was able to be deeply involved in strategic finance. I got better at it. I got to observe companies and I got to investigate them. So I got better. And it was kind of this circle where the more I did it, the better I got, right? What about areas in which your children excel or struggle? You know, my oldest daughter loves golf, so that's something that I've tried to learn more about and I've come to enjoy. Environmental issues. We've talked about the visual and performing arts. What about education? Issues facing veterans. Poverty alleviation. Autism. Illiteracy. Social injustice. Human trafficking, we talked about that. And athletics. So I'm going to hit the pause button here, or I want you to hit the pause button, and just take 10 or 15 minutes and think about what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you love talking about? So hopefully you had plenty of time to think about what it is that you're passionate about. And I just want to reemphasize, there's nothing too small or too big. Don't put any boundaries on it. Just start writing. And I hope you got a lot of notes to go back and think about as we work through this. So for Liz and I, we realized that we were passionate about injustice. 
which then led to working with at-risk children. But we also realized that I was passionate about finance and business as an engine for social and economic change. And so ultimately, that became one of the foundations for Highland Harvesters. During our next session, we'll talk about your unique skill set and how that needs to be a part of the equation as you develop your unique framework for impact. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you next time. If you want the guide with those questions to help you find your area of passion, you can download it by going to the show notes for episode four on edgillentine.com. That's E-D-G-I-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com.